Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Campaign finance has directly resulted in part of the polarization problem in America. To, to properly understand campaign finance, we need to step back and, and look, there, look around the planet and see what other systems are available, what other systems are in use uh, that provide a better campaign finance uh, type of set of laws or type of system. Well. Australia is the country that is right at the top of my mind. You know, we really have to learn from our neighbors around the planet. Australia has some voting rules, and Australia requires every person in their country over the age of 18 years old, so 18 and a second and, and above, you have to vote. And you have to vote in, in every, uh, every election. And if you don't vote, then you get a fine. Now, granted, the fine's relatively small, you know, $50, you know, you know $25, $50, $100. Something that's pretty much, you know, you know it's, just kind of a, it's just kind of an encouragement. Get out there and vote. And uh, the result of that system is all of the laws all the social programs, all the educational programs, all the issues of global warming, a more interactive, uh, uh, up-to-date type of government and government policies, everything's in the middle in Australia. The extremes don't have a chance in the Australian system uh, because everybody has to vote. So when everybody has to vote, that means all of those middle-of-the-road people who will say in America? They'll say, "Well, I don't get any money out of it. Why should I bother?" You know, you know, I'm getting you know messed up any which way the the government goes because that's the recent history that they've experienced. Whereas in Australia, like I say, it's just the opposite. Everyone's got to vote. If you don't vote, you get a fine, so everyone votes. Now, of course, there are exceptions. So if you're in the nursing home, okay, you, you can't vote. You know, if if you're in a if you're in your uh, you know you're recovering from some illness or accident, you're in bed, okay. You can't really vote if you don't have the capacity to vote. You know, okay, well, we're not gonna, we're not, they're not gonna punish you if you don't have the capacity to vote. You know, if if you're in a rocker or a wheelchair, you know, you're sort of at that stage in life, and you know, they will send you a ballot, and you, you know, you do it through the mail. Uh, and if you can't get out to the polling station, well, that's okay. So I mean, there are exceptions. If you're out of the country, for example, in Australia, you don't have to vote. So it's not like it is just a hard and fast bright line rule. But the point of, of uh, the, the conversation here is uh, people vote in Australia across the political spectrum. You know, 98% of the population votes. And therefore, they have 
much more mainstream laws and policies. They don't have the homeless problem. They don't have the criminal law problem. They have better economic opportunities, and so on and so forth. Uh, so, so that's a good country to, uh, to emulate. Now, in the United States, uh, it's a totally different story, as everybody knows. Uh, you know, if, if a presidential candidate does not go out and raise something in the order of about a billion dollars today, they don't really have much of a good chance to get into the White House. And the reason why is presidential candidates must spend a lot of money, mostly through communication, whether it's TV ads, radio ads, all of the transportation that we were talking about a moment ago, to, to get to the 50 states, to get to all the, the, the towns and the cities and the counties, meeting all of the folks across America. It's very expensive to do this. And the, for the most part, uh, the campaigns and the candidates, they have to raise this money from, from willing voters, and then that's what's used to, to pay all of those expenses. It's not cheap. I mean, it's a, it's a really, really big deal. Plus, we have to register in every state. We, we've got to have people to help us uh, on the ground in every state when it comes to election time. Of course, there are a lot of volunteers, but there are a lot of paid staff as well. So the whole machinery of running a campaign, uh, having poll workers on the ground, having campaign signs all across the country to distribute in people's yard, to pay, yards, to pay for uh, mass media types of advertising, TV, radio, I mean, even Google charges money for advertising, Facebook charges money for advertising, and so on. All of, all of those activities are very simple, easy to understand, but it costs money. And th there's just no other human way to, to meet 340 million uh, folks uh, without engaging these mass media types of tools. So, so there's a lot of money there. And uh, we're, not, we're not selling a product. You know, we're not selling t-shirts or, or, or leather bags or anything. You know, we're essentially talking with voters and then voters, you know, if, if they're on board with our campaign, then you know, they might throw in 20 bucks, they might throw in 100 bucks. Uh, the campaign limit for an individual voter, we're not talking about a fundraising event, we're just talking about an arm's length individual voter, they can throw up to $2,900 into our presidential campaign. That's the upper limit for just a normal everyday voter. Uh, but you know, they may only have you know, five bucks to throw in or 10 bucks to throw in. So the money that we're talking about that's needed to pay all of the expenses of a campaign uh, must come from the voting uh, community. And of course, there's both good and bad in that. Uh, the more people that donate to the campaign, regardless of the amount they have, it only means that you got more voters supporting you. And this is really a game about getting 60 or 70 million voters uh, on our side by the time we get to uh, November 4th. And of course, if we play this over elections, then every uh, a party that gets over 5% of the uh, national vote will be entitled to uh, matching funds uh, from the uh, Federal Election Commission. So at the moment, uh, if, if a party were to get over 5% in 2024, uh, then they would get four or $5 million uh, to run again in 2028. 
Uh, but that's a tiny amount of money in relation to what is really needed across the whole society to win the White House. Uh, so, so we've got a lot, as we, as we parse this issue further, we have lots and lots of horrifying consequences. So what does this mean? Well, it, it's, it means that if you can write a check for a billion dollars, and, and yes, it's legal for a presidential candidate to collect a billion dollars from somebody. It's called a fundraiser. So if, if I agree to invite, I'm going to just pick an example here. If I agree to invite uh, Bill Gates or, or, uh, or Elon Musk or, let's, let's say, uh, uh, Bezos from Amazon, or you pick your favorite person, um, if, if we were to take Forbes, for example, uh, from up in New York and Connecticut, uh, I could invite these guys to my house for, for, for coffee and pastries, and, and my price tag could be a billion dollars. And if they really like me that much, or if they think that I'm going to do a billion dollars worth of good, it's perfectly legal for them to cut a check for a billion dollars. And now, of course, from the campaign's point of view, it's nice to have that money because we need, you know, the, the expenses of the campaign are huge. We need a billion dollars. Uh, but if we, if we just step back from that and look at it from purely a, a, a percentage power distribution point of view, if most Americans are deciding not to participate in the presidential election process, if they choose not to throw in their $10 or their $5 or their $20, if they choose to ignore the process, then what happens is the people who donate larger amounts of money, now of course I'm just using the billion dollar guys just as an exaggerated example, but everyone knows that and everyone says that, geez, it seems like the rich guys own Washington DC lock, stock and barrel. Well, in a sense, they're the ones that are financing the presidential campaigns, the House campaigns, the Senate campaigns. They're the ones putting up the money. And if you're the run-of-the-mill candidate without morality, without scruples, and without a strong sense of patriotism, you might very well do the bidding of those donors. And, and, and that means, at the end of the day, that the laws that that president is willing to sign and the programs that that president's willing to put into force will be reflective of what his donors think are good or bad. And of course, the donors aren't going to care one single bit about 30 million new American business owners across the country. You know, rich donors don't care about primary health care for everybody. The only thing that those, that those wealthy donors care about is are they still able to operate the machine, the economic machine that has made them rich in the first place. So it really, truly is a situation uh, where uh, the vast majority of Americans are literally shooting themselves in the foot by choosing not to support independent candidates, uh, not to support with money, with votes. You hear this video, go to our website. There are 15 different ways to donate money to my campaign and the Independence Party on my robertquigleyforpresident.com website. If you've only got $5, send it over via the Cash App or PayPal. You, you know, use your credit card. It doesn't matter. If you got $20, $100, send it over.
But when people choose not to participate in the political process, the political process is not going anywhere. It only means that other people are going to be the ones making those contributions. So, so this part of the conversation, I just want to finish up with this example. When we're out on the campaign trail, I'm going to, I'm going to have my, my slides and my exhibits because like I said, I train as a lawyer and I'm going to convince the American public like a lawyer does. I don't BS, I'm telling you the way it is. So about a month after I started putting together my campaign, uh, China's uh, largest national oil company uh, sent me an email and that email is going to be Exhibit A on the, on the, on the point of uh, uh, campaign finance when we're on the campaign trail. And uh, they offered me $90 million if I would meet them in Canada and talk about the relationship between uh, China and the United States uh, if I should win the White House. Now, on the one hand, you're hearing the story and you're thinking, well, who is this guy Quigley? Well, I, I lived in East Asia for 10 years. Uh, when, when I was in East Asia, I was in the local newspapers a number of times. I spoke in a number of public forums. And uh, the Chinese know that I am extremely pro-American and extremely anti-Chinese. And uh, I am not, uh, you know, if there's a war, there's a war, and America's going to win that war. So, so the Chinese would rather have somebody uh, in the White House that is a little more sympathetic to the Chinese. Well, I'm not that guy. So, so they, they know my personality and they know my background and they know when I set my mind to do something, well, he's, he's going he's gonna to do it or he's going he's gonna to die trying. <laughs> so, so they invited me to Canada and, and put that $90 million on the table, but uh, I turned them down. It, 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 didn't, it took me one second to make that decision. It did not take long. It took me about 20 minutes to uh, compose my, my response to that email. It's very polite, you know, very statesmanlike. Uh, but uh, that's going to be Exhibit 2 in that Exhibit A. And uh, I, I turned them down because, you know, but Joe Biden, okay, through his son, took $11 million from the Chinese. Uh, Joe Biden took 10% of that money, and uh, his son, uh, Hunter, used the rest of it to get high and, and live uh, an extravagant, uh, fun-filled life. But the point, the, the real point here is when the American public refuses to get involved with campaign finance, then it is forcing politicians to grab money left, right, here, there, and all these obscure places. And, and, and that is essentially uh, why Biden took that, uh, I should say Biden, his son, took that $11 million uh, from the Chinese because 75% of the American citizens don't donate to political campaigns, but yet in their minds, they thought it was okay to take the money and still remain a, uh, a, a steadfast patriot. Well, we know from, from, uh, from recent events uh, during Biden's administration that he is a bought and compromised president. And, uh, you know, if the country wasn't so fed up with impeachment, uh, you know, I'd be one of those guys on the street corner holding that sign that says, you know, impeach Biden. But that's just one example. He, he's, he's not the only example. There are a lot of entrenched politicians uh, in the United States who have taken money from dubious sources. And, 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 and that in itself, you know, reflects on the campaign finance problem. So if we had a system where, let's just say, the amount of money people could spend on a presidential campaign was capped, 
regardless of where that money came from. Did the money come from the Federal Election Commission? Did it come from private sources? Or do we set a list of, 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 uh, of legal sources where the money can come from? Is there some way we cap the total amount? Or do we have the government finance uh, the election? You know, we, we, we set some new qualifications and the people who, you know, who, who meet those qualifications, if they want to be president, they put their name on a list. You know, in the United States, every time there's a presidential election, there are roughly 2,000 people that register to run uh, uh, for the presidency's office. Okay, so there are many, many ways that we can restructure the system that is fairer for the American people. But what we have right now is, is simply get the money wherever you can and, of course, disclose it. I mean, you have to disclose it. I mean, that's essentially the heart of American campaign finance law is, I mean, there are limits. Uh, you, you can't get the money from some places, like in the Chinese side, for example, and you can't sell the office. Uh, but uh, um, every, th every time you get money from someplace, it has to be disclosed on the FEC website. It's disclosed to the public. When you spend money, everywhere you spend it, it has to be disclosed. That part of the law is absolutely fine because everyone needs to know where the money's come from and where it's going. So, so an example of that, and everyone knows that I'm a big fan of Taiwan. I lived out there for a number of years. My wife is from Taiwan. We are 100% behind democratic Taiwan. Uh, I'm not asking Taiwan for any money because my view on Taiwan is the right view. It's the moral view. It's in line with what's happened in American history. Uh, but if the Taiwanese offer me $10 million, then uh, I, I, you know, in, uh, underneath the category of a fundraiser, I would take that $10 million uh, because it would be legal in a fundraising situation. And I would turn right around and I would disclose that to the American people, uh, you know, either on the campaign trail or in the pro and or through the process of the Federal Election Commission uh, document disclosures. In other words, it would be no big secret. But what we have in the case of Biden and the Democrats, and the Republicans are just as guilty of this as well, is they've taken money from dubious sources uh, like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, most likely, as best as we can tell from available evidence, took money from Russian oligarchs. We're talking about tens of millions of dollars. They never disclosed it. They did everything they can to keep it secret. Uh, I can't swear that that's 100% accurate, but based on all available information, that is my firmly held conviction and belief. Uh, so we'll let them come out and try to rebut it, but do it with their documents, because I have documents too. But what I'm saying here is both parties are guilty of taking money from sources that really they shouldn't have taken money from in the first place because they are adversaries of the United States, and they should in no way compromise uh, either tacitly, indirectly, or directly, their future position as president and what that president uh, has to do in relation to those other parties. But they do it. And the reason why they're doing it is because the campaign finance sources and laws around the U.S. are not making it easy for folks to run for office. So again, let me just back up and make it really simple. If all 340 million people in America, minus the kiddos, of course, if everybody spent $20 a year uh, for, uh, you know, as a, as a uh, personal campaign contribution 
to the fo for the folks that run for for the president, then you know you multiply that over a period of eight year or four years. So that twenty dollars becomes eighty dollars, and then you take the eighty dollars and let's just say you multiply that by three hundred million people, then you know you're talking about um, you know two point four billion dollars. Two point four billion dollars will finance uh, a, a a good honest run for the office of president. I mean, you you could have you know ten, fifteen, twenty different candidates. Uh, running for the office, you know, all highly smart, highly accomplished, people with very good ideas. Uh, and, and that pot of hypothetical money that I'm talking about uh, could be used uh, to uh, finance a, uh, a presidential campaign. Now, that kind of system is not in place. And I, I'm not saying to the American people, we're gonna, we're gonna make that happen. What I'm doing is I'm just describing the current campaign finance situation and I'm pointing out the pros and the cons of what we have. You know, and I'm comparing it with like Australia where everybody has to vote and the end result is laws that, you know, much more reflect what the vast majority of the citizens are, are thinking and wanting, you know, in, in their life. So, so that's kind of campaign finance in a nutshell. And uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I would encourage, I, I would encourage everyone that hears this video, if you're listening to this video and you want to see America go in the independence direction, you want to see the country move to the middle, you want to see these global warming issues tackled, these health issues tackled, these job creation, business creation issues tackled, your housing issue tackled, if you want to see hard, fast, honest solutions, then go to my website, robertquigleyforpresident.com. Whatever you can afford to donate, donate it. Tell your neighbors, tell your friends, tell your workmates, your classmates. Every dollar counts. Because I'll finish up here. If you look at the folks who have become president in our lifetimes, the guys who raised the most money in the campaign period were the ones that almost won the presidency every time. So, so essentially, the guy who, who raises the most money winds up in the White House, with just a few exceptions. So your support and your money, no matter how small or big it is, is needed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.